when it's dark in here. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? Awesome. And so, <laughs> so if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Aiden. I'm the assistant pastor here at Hope Center Church. It's good to see you. Um, if you haven't been here before, this is a place you can call home. We're not perfect, but we have a perfect God. And so welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, something that I like to do before I start preaching is I always like to pray, um, not for you guys, but actually for me to humble myself uh, before I start preaching. And so if you could join me and just um, pray with me. And so, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that um, these words are yours and not mine, Father. I pray, Lord, that in these moments, Father, where if my pride tries to come up, Lord, I pray, Father, that I would be reminded of who I'm preaching for, Lord, who I'm I'm preaching by, Lord. I pray, Lord, that I would simply be a mouthpiece, Lord, but you would get all the glory, Lord. I thank you, Father, and I take no credit for this message, Lord. I thank you, Lord, and I pray that this message would soak into everyone's minds and their souls, Lord, and that they would take it back wherever they go, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. And so we're continuing this series called Yes, I'm Him. Uh, This is a series that Pastor Jared wanted to do. And uh, what it's about is that Jesus has some bad habits, Um, whether it's giving a little too much, whether it's, I wasn't here for the first one, so that was the one I was for. So if it's giving too much, that's an example. Uh, Next week, we'll talk about Jesus who would disappear. And it was kind of like people needed him. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't there. And so that's what we're going to talk about next week. And this week, we're actually going to talk about not a bad habit, but a good habit, right? And so we're talking about um, the father of ultimate inheritance, the father of ultimate inheritance. So I had to kind of pull Pastor Jared's teeth and say, hey, it's Father's Day, please. I've been blatting this preaching for so long. Please let me preach this message. And so he was like, yeah, let's, let's do it, and we'll adjust the schedule. And so... This is the message that came about. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you get something out of it. And so let's begin. So fathers, I think we can all agree, have an important part in our life and are often a source of some of our best and our funniest memories, right? Uh, Whether it's passing gas in the aisle, right, and uh, running away and blaming it on you, or maybe your father was a little embarrassing uh, at your dance or with your girlfriend or, or boyfriend, or maybe he was talking about cars or lawnmowers. I was staying with a couple of pastors, and it was, um, I was staying with the pastor, and we we're staying with his dad, and they're talking about lawn, uh, lawnmowers and how they turn 360 degrees, and, all these, and I had no idea what they're talking about. And um, what I found is that many times fathers could do the same thing, right? They're talking about their lawnmower or their car or their latest project, and you have no idea what they're talking about, and you're just kind of shaking your head like, yes, Dad, that sounds great. Keep doing it. You're doing a good job. And um, today's Father's Day, and so I understand, and I want to be a little sensitive that not all of us have fathers, and maybe we didn't even have the best father. I had a father that did love God, that followed the Lord, and so I can say that I had a good father. But I know that's, that's not really the case for many people. And so I think it's important that today we talk about not the father that I have here on earth, but the father in heaven that we all have and that we all share in common. 
So no one's going to be left out today. I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to make you feel as though you kind of are losing because you don't have a father in any way like that. We're talking about God. We're talking about our Heavenly Father that we have all, all in common. All right? So this is for all of us. Um, and you can see that whether your father was present or not, you have always had a father in heaven that has cared for you and has offered you the ultimate inheritance to you. As long, all right, as long as you accept him as your Lord and Savior and live it out, right? Because it's easy to say with your mouth that you follow Jesus, but it's not always easy to live it out. Why would the Lord give you something for free if you're not willing to know who he is first, right? And so the purpose of today's message is to help you to come to the realization that in the moments that you have felt as though you have missed out on having a father or that your father was lacking in something, right? I had a good dad, but he was still lacking on some things, right? Jesus, your heavenly father, has never lacked, has never left, and since the beginning, he offers the ultimate inheritance to all who are welcomed into his family when accepting him as Lord and Savior. And so maybe you're asking yourself, like I have a little, a little cheerleader right here. <laughs> Uh, So if you're asking yourself, how does Aiden know that Jesus is the father of everyone, right? And that's, that's a good question because many of us maybe grew up in church and we know, but those that don't know, I want to explain why. And so in Romans 8, 14 through 17, it says this, For those who are led by the Spirit are God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again, rather The spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are are children, then we are heirs. And if we are heirs of God, then we are co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So a couple important things to know from the scripture to take note of when you're trying to understand who are the children of God that are given this ultimate inheritance is, number one, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God, right? If you're not led by the Spirit, you're not God's children. The Spirit that you receive with accepting Jesus as your Savior leads you into adoption into the family of God. Have you accepted Jesus? Or if you accepted Jesus, are you living out a life with Jesus? The Spirit testifies, serves as witness, or gives evidence that we are part of the family of God as his children. As the children of God, we become heirs and co-heirs of the Father. Or in other words, we are given an inheritance as God's children. And so maybe inheritance doesn't really make sense to you. Maybe that word does not make sense to you. So let me explain what that means. Inheritance in Christianity, inheritance means to receive an irrevocable gift or gifts with an emphasis on the special relationship between God and our Father and his children. And so irrevocable, the Lord gives us irrevocable gifts. That is our inheritance And what that means is that there's gifts or gifts that God gives you that cannot be taken away. No matter how hard the world tries, 
no matter how hard people around you try to take away this inheritance, you, your inheritance cannot be taken away. No matter how much you try, no matter how much your family tries, no matter how much anyone in the world tries to take this inheritance that God has given you, it cannot be taken away. You remember when you were younger and there was always that, that cheesy uh, assignment where you did a family tree and um, you always had to do this little family tree and you had to draw it and uh, it kind of looked like this, really cheesy, right? And you tried your best and so you would call your grandma and grandpa and you'd be like, grandpa, grandma, uh, who, was, who came before you and who came before that? And right, that was just kind of something you all did in elementary school probably. And um, it was just, for me, it was a big mess, right? Because my family, it was like, we had people that were not blood family, but was kind of like blood family. You know what I mean, right? And so um, I had all those kind of people. So it was so hard to figure out who's, who's truly my blood family and who is not my blood family. And so everyone, everyone did one of these, these uh, family tree assignments, right? And so... Maybe your family is, is a mess like mine. And so it was, it was hard to figure out who exactly to put on your family tree, right? Um, but let's go a little deeper, right? I'm the pastor. I have to go a little deeper than that, right? I'm not going to just say, uh, look at the family tree. That's it, right? And so let's go a little deeper. So maybe your family was not a mess just because of figuring out who's blood family and who wasn't. But maybe it was because of their bad habits, right? And so maybe addiction runs in your family tree, or uh, maybe abandonment runs in your family tree, or maybe suicide or divorce, or maybe even a certain physical illness. In my family alone, I've lost a tío, which means aunt and uncle. I've lost an aunt and uncle to alcohol addiction. Um, I have lost an uncle to suicide. Uh, a lot of my family are in gangs in, in San Bernardino, where I'm from, and there's divorce all over the place. And on top of that, my dad was actually abandoned from his dad when he was three years old. And so as you can see, as you look into my family tree, things don't look very good, right? They just don't. And maybe your family tree is the same way, where you look back and you're like, wow, yeah, my family is a little messed up, Right? Yeah, there's a little too much addiction. There's a little too much gang things going on. And I don't know if you feel this way too, but it can feel a little suffocating uh, because you look at this grand family tree with all these different things that might have been wrong or their bad habits, and you could almost feel as though you're destined to become one of those things. And so if in your family tree, drug addiction was the biggest thing in your family tree, sometimes... Uh, you could go into this mindset where, well, I'm destined to become a drug addict as well, right? And it's just something that kind of just happens. And um, you can lose hope with that. You look at your family tree and you see all these things that are passed down and you can, you can lose hope. But I want to offer hope. Um, because when you accept Jesus in your life, or when you did, you are no longer bound to your family tree anymore. Um, and to the things that they've done, but you become grafted into a new family tree, protected by a new father named Jesus, right? And so your, your family tree no longer looks the same, but because something new, uh, it becomes something new. And with it, you are given an inheritance from the father Jesus 
and it looks something like this. And so I actually, it's not that beautiful, but I actually drew that. <laughs> and so you can see my little branches are pretty ugly. Um, and so as you can see on the top, there's those branches that say Aiden, Savannah, Pepe, Jimmy, Rosa. Those are random people, not my family, <laughs> all right? And so let's imagine those branches are people that aren't part of my blood family. These are people that accepted Jesus, are now part of the family tree of God, right? And so these are the different people. These are people that aren't blood-related. These are the people that just accepted Jesus. And at the foundation is God, right? Because God is the foundation of this family tree. Without God, there is no family tree going on here, right? And what keeps this family tree rooted and, and it won't move and it won't waver or it won't fall down is that it's rooted down by four things. And these are just a couple inheritances that you get from God, just a couple, but I think important ones, is grace, love, hope, and blessing. These four things are things that you inherit in the family of God. And so maybe in your family, you come from maybe a, a poor family. And so maybe there's nothing that you're going to inherit, really. But with God, you have a lot of blessings to inherit. Oh, with God, you, maybe you feel abandoned. Well, in this family tree, it's a little different because you have love that you inherit. Uh, maybe you don't have a lot of hope because you see your family tree or the world is becoming so bad. Well, look at this. In this family tree of God, you have hope. And you see, if you think that you have no, you've finished all your chances and that you have been given a million chances and that you should just give up, well, look at this family tree right here. This family tree of God says you have grace, and that means that you have plenty and plenty of chances, Right? And so let me explain what grafting is for you in this new family tree. If you could leave that one up real good. Okay, and so grafting, I learned this with Deb, right? Deb is my little gardener teacher. <laughs> and so uh, grafting, what it is is that you, you grab a tree, uh, like, for example, a lemon tree, and you grab an orange tree, right? They're both from the same family. They're both citrus, right? And so what you do is you cut a piece of one of the branches of the orange tree. You cut it at kind of a, a slant, and then you cut a piece of another tree at a slant as well, right? And so you grab the lemon tree, you attach it to the orange tree that you cut off, and now you bind it. And what actually happens is that it will connect together, and now you have a tree that will give you oranges and lemons, right? Does that make sense? And so like the family of God, right? Like the family of God, when we accept Jesus... We're no longer part of our family tree, but we're grafted, we're binded to this tree now. And so all the addiction, all the abandonment that you might have had in your own family, nope, that doesn't exist now because you're part of a new family tree. And now you're becoming binded to this family tree. And now the DNA of this family tree becomes part of who you are. In your new family tree with Jesus, when you accept in the past of your family, no longer becomes a part of your future, but it only becomes a part of your story, bringing you one step closer to who you are to become and the inheritance given in your father, Jesus. And so the first inheritance that we're going to talk about today is grace. Grace. And so grace can be defined as to forgive unconditionally without punishment and giving an undeserving second chance. 
Second chance is important, right? Second chance. And so in John 1, 14 and 16 through 17, it says this, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. They're talking about Jesus here. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness, we, are, we have all received grace and part of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I got to say, I, I love this verse when talking about grace because it establishes two important things. True grace, a true second chance, can only come through Jesus And in every life, grace is already being at work. And still, Jesus is ready to give even more grace. And what that means is you are already given a chance, and the Lord Jesus is ready to give you another chance already. He's like, I know you're going to mess up. You're not perfect, but I'm ready to give you another chance anyways. And what this means is that he's he's just ready. He he knows that you're going to mess up, so he has a an ocean filled of just chances and chances and chances that he's ready to give to you. And so what this means is that with the grace of God that you have inherited when you accept Jesus, that your heavenly Father will always give you a second chance. Always give you a second chance, no matter how far you are. There has been murderers that accept Jesus and their life just turn around. I don't think the Lord looks at what has happened in the past. But he sees the future. I remember uh, growing up, I, I delivered pizza at Pizza Hut. And so I would drive a lot. And so I drove in the ghetto. Let me be honest, it was the ghetto. Uh, everyone knew it. And so what we would call it is across the tracks. So there's a, there's a train, just like over here, actually. So if you cross the track, people consider it the ghetto, right? Well, over here in San Bernardino, when you cross the track, you would go into this little city called Muskoy, and it was considered ghetto. And so to get to my deliveries, I had to get across this long road that had a lot of potholes, like crazy amounts. Like it felt like you were off-roading, but you were on a street, right? And so you're going like, <laughs> like this. And so one time, out of all times, it was raining and it was dark, and I caught a nail in my tire. And so I was driving. I didn't even notice. I did my whole delivery. I went all the way back to the store, and I come. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now I can't even do my job because I need, I need a car, right? And so my tire's just to the floor, and I call my dad. I'm like, bah, my tire is, is flat, and I don't have an extra. And so he, uh, he didn't answer very well. Let me be honest. He didn't answer very well. He got pretty mad because he was like, do you not know? So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, patch it up, fill it up, easy. In his mind, it's if you rip this tire, that's a lot of money that I have to pay, right? And so he got pretty mad. He got mad at me. And so we got home, and I was frustrated that he answered that way. He was frustrated at me because I, I just popped this tire, and I actually just started bawling. And I was like, how am I supposed to know how to change a tire if you never taught me? And so we're just aggravated at each other. And finally, everything cooled down. Everything cooled down, and he said, you know what, son? I'm going to give you this chance because, yeah, maybe I did fail at teaching you how to ch- change a tire. And you know what? Tomorrow, 
I'm going to teach you how to change the oil on your car. I'm going to change you how to change the tires on your car. I'm going to teach you how to do all these things to maintenance your car, and I'm going to give you a chance. In the same way, the Lord gives you a chance. You may feel like as though you mess up, like your tire just got flat, and the Lord will still be like, I'm ready to change your tire. Just come to the house. Let's change your tire, you know. And so the second inheritance is love. And I believe God's love can be perfectly described in my own life scripture coming from Romans. In Romans 8, 35 through 39, I've said this scripture so many times and I, I just love it. It says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else, anything else in creation can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does this mean for you? It means your, your heavenly Father's love for you is immeasurable, unconditional and will not and cannot be taken away you know what that means is that you can mess up right the grace grace is it's really close to love because you need a lot of love to give grace and the lord covers all the all the points it's almost as though you're asking him as like a son well how much do you love me like if if i were to be all the way in space would you still love me oh yes no matter how high i still love you well, how about if I was in the deepest part of the ocean? How about that? And the Lord is just like the deepest of the deepest. And maybe you're asking, how about around the world or maybe the universe? You know, like a little kid, maybe around the universe or maybe how about the whole galaxy? Would you still love me? And the Lord is like, it doesn't matter how wide, I will still love you, right? And the beautiful thing is it's exactly like a father, Many times a father would be willing to sacrifice their life in a second for their son or their daughter, right? And guess what? Jesus already sacrificed himself for you. And so what that means is that he's ready to love you in this second, in this moment. And nothing in all creation is going to separate you from that. And so I have this memory with my dad. Um, well, not with my dad, with my cousins. And so... Um, during college, I was living with my cousins and with my aunt and my uncle. And, and so I was living with them for four years on a little mattress on the floor. <laughs> and so that was just my life. And I, my, my family, I love them so much. We've never really came uh, where we butt heads or anything like that. We're just a very loving family. We all have the Lord. Uh, but there was this one moment. This woman, I'm not a person that gets mad, but I got mad in this moment. And so we're playing uh, hockey inside out of all places. We're, we're playing hockey inside with this little puck that we found. And so there's a little goal that my cousin had set up. And so we're just kind of practicing hitting the hockey, the hockey puck into the hockey goal. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. <laughs> right? And so I'm just practicing, and my cousin's practicing. And my cousins have always been super athletic, like just naturally. Like they're just good at all the sports you could think of. I was not. I was not. I was more of the speaker, right, like you could see right now, or I loved animals. That was my thing. Um, I was very artsy, like my mom. My mom was a drama teacher. And so 
I remember I was just trying to hit this puck, and I could not hit it. I could not get the angle right, and um, so this is what made me mad. So my cousin says, I don't think he was really thinking. I think to this day he doesn't know that it hurt me, but he said, he was like, oh, you don't know how to play hockey because you never had a father really, and I was like, that just, <laughs> that hurt me, right? Because my, my cousins know my dad. My cousins know them, my, know my dad. They know that he's loving, right? But from, that, from their perspective, right, my dad growing up was preaching a lot. That's just what he would do. He would travel around and he would preach. But I can tell you one thing. Every Saturday, my dad made it, made it the point that he would take my da- me, my mom, and my brother out to the swamp meet, to go eat, to the movies, something, so that he always touched base with us. Guess what? My mom wasn't the one that cooked and did all that stuff. She was the drama teacher, so she had work hours during school hours on top of doing the, the play, right? And so you have to practice. You have to practice lines. You have to build the set, all those things, right? So my mom was always overtime till like, 5 or 6 doing that. And so my dad was the one that cooked dinner. My dad was the one. He said, he was like, I could put you in the bus, but I want to pick you up because I think it's more personal to ask you how your day was, the day you came, the moment you come after school, right? My cousins didn't see any of that, right? And so when they said that, I was like, how, how dare you say that? Like, you don't know. You really don't know. Like, you're my cousin, yes, and you were close with my dad, but you didn't live with him. You didn't know the sacrifices that he made. And what I can say to this day is, what I love about my dad is that what he was doing was going after the heart of God. <laughs> Sorry, I could cry. He was going after the heart of God, right? And so my dad wasn't trying to do just anything. You know, he wasn't trying to, he wasn't out cheating on my mom. He was going after the heart of God. And so even though he might have not been there in moments that I needed him, you know what? He was with Jesus, and that's what's important to me, Right? That's why I'm up here right now. And you see, the love of God, it doesn't matter what you've done. Only you truly know who God is. Only you truly know. But are you going to get to know him too? Maybe you've accepted Jesus years and years, years back. But maybe you still need a little, a little uh, first date with the Lord again. You know, Or maybe you don't know who Jesus is and you need, still need to accept him. Well, there's still a chance. You see, this love doesn't have a time limit. The time limit hits when you die. <laughs> so you have plenty of time. And so choose that, that love now because you're not separated. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter uh, your background. It, I say this a lot, right? It doesn't matter because the love of God reaches every single point, every single crevice, every single reach of the world God's love is right? And that's how the Father's love is for you. This is a love that you inherit, that even though your father might have not been able to love you in the way you wanted, there is a heavenly Father that has loved you since the moment you were born. So inheritance three is hope. In Psalms 23, one through four, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
The hope that our Heavenly Father shows us is that even when we might have a reason to be afraid, we do not need to fear. Because our Heavenly Father is with us and He will take care of us. He, like a shepherd or like a father, knows what He is doing and He has our best interest in mind. Your Heavenly Father's hope for you contains no fear but guidance and your best interest in mind. And so this is something that a lot of people do on earth now, right? They're, they're searching for hope, right? They're searching for identity because when you have identity, you have hope that there's a purpose that you're here on this earth for, right? And people are searching for hope in meditation. People are searching for hope in crystals and uh, the demonic, the spiritual, whatever it might be. But the, the only true hope that you can truly have is in the Lord. It's in the Lord. The Lord is the hope. The Lord is the salvation. The Lord is the reason that sin will not overcome you. But you have to have the Lord. I remember when I was applying for college in high school, um, I wanted to go just to one college. And it was called Vanguard University of Southern California, the long name. (laughs) And so there was just one school. So I had so much faith that I was going to get into the school, that I only applied for this one school. And so I remember people were already getting their, ap- their uh, assemptus letters when we were in high school. And so this girl, I know, I know for a fact she did not know Jesus. And she got, she got acceptance letter to the school I wanted to go to. And she got this fat scholarship. And I have to be honest, I was, I was jealous. I was like, what, Lord, like, I follow you. This is a Christian school. Like, why wouldn't I get into this school and get a scholarship too? And so I remember going home to my dad and just being really upset as to, like, Lord, like, this is the only school I applied to. I didn't tell my parents that I didn't apply to any other school. <laughs> Don't tell them that. And um, I was like, this is the only school that I, I want to get into. And my dad just looked at me, and he, and he said, don't forget who your Heavenly Father is. Just wait. Just wait. And so I waited, and two weeks later, later, I got an acceptance letter, and it was from this school, and I had gotten a bigger scholarship to this school than anyone else in my class. And you see, the hope, right? The, the hope is that even though you can feel so depressed or oppressed, the Lord has a hope to offer, right? Remember, the scripture says, although I walk through the darkest valley, you have to walk through the darkest valley sometimes. And maybe it's a, a death in your family. Maybe it's just something huge, just something huge, a dark valley, a dark, dark valley. And maybe sometimes this valley feels as though it goes on forever. You know, you know in the movies where they're going towards the darkness and it just seems to like keep extending, extending, extending. Sometimes it could feel like that. But at the end of the tunnel... What you have to know is that there's a Lord waiting to give you hope. The Lord is still at the other end saying, hey, keep on track. You have to get through this darkest valley to to hit the light, right, to hit the light. And sometimes you have to go through the darkest valley to, to learn something that you really don't know about yourself or something you didn't know about the Lord, right? The last inheritance is blessings, in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, 
according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout generations, forever and ever. Amen. The blessing that you have in, the heavenly, in your heavenly Father has, has for you, what did I say? The Father that your heavenly Father has for you is far beyond what you could ask or imagine, and the amount of the blessings that he has for you is an immeasurable. Your heavenly Father blesses you beyond what you can comprehend. So a blessing that I was inherited, um, my, my parents are well known in the denomination that this church is, which is Foursquare. And so my parents uh, were the first Native American missionaries in our denomination um, ever. And so it was a big thing in, our, in our, our denomination. And so I went to a pastor's conference recently. And of course, when I'm introduced to someone by someone else, it's, hey, this is Yasin Mo's kid, right? And this gets so annoyed. I have to admit, it gets really annoying, right? Um, and so just everywhere I would go, it was like, oh, who are you? Oh, I'm uh, Aiden Handel. The minute they heard my name, oh, you're Yasin Mo's kid. Oh, I love them, right? And so it's really hard to establish connections when they already have connections with my parents, right? And so I, uh, on this way to a conference in uh, one of the cities in Billings, I mean, not Billings, in Montana, I can't remember what it was, but um, I was going to this conference with the pastor, and so we're in, the, in a car for six hours. And so I just asked him all the questions that I could possibly ask him because he, was, he has a high position in Foursquare too, and so... I knew that his parents were well-known because I think they were one of the first missionaries from Foursquare to be missionaries to Papua New Guinea. And so he had the same thing. He had the same thing where it was like, hey, I'm uh, Paul Greer. And it was always, oh, yeah, I know your parents and stuff like that. And so I asked him, I was like, uh, Paul, like, how did you get past that? You know, how did you get past that feeling that you have like an expectation put upon you? Um, constantly by other people or, or that people only see you as the kid of this, right? When you're trying to um, work for the Lord on your own, right? Yes, you're connected to your parents, but you're still trying to do something on your own. And so he's, he said this, which really broke my, my mind. <laughs> and so he said it was, it was hard for him until he realized that all his parents had done, had pioneered, all his parents had done was pioneer a path of blessing for him. It wasn't as though his, bless, his parents had purposely wanted to cast this expectation on him from others. And so he realized that what he had so often seen as a burden of, of being said, oh, you're the kid of this, um, the burden was actually a big blessing in disguise because there had been a path of blessing that was pioneered. Uh, for him by his parents. And so I, when he said that, I was like, all right, like I have a blessing that's pioneered by my parents. And when people say that, I can't take it as a shot at me or that they don't want to get to know me. It's just simply that, you know, my parents are good people and that's a good thing, right? Um, and so maybe there's, maybe there's an ocean of blessings in your life that you have not been able to notice because there have been blessings that were in disguise by the Father. And so maybe your, your son or your daughter, uh, I know we had this with my cousin, my cousin that was like a sister, remember, not blood, but blood. Um, and so 
I remember she had to leave the house at a, at a moment because she was just doing bad things in high school, right? And it sucks because they're family, and you don't want to kick them out, but for some reason it happened, right? And so many times those things have to happen in order that you see that blessing in disguise. Where is that person now is really where you have to ask yourself. And maybe that person isn't in a good place, but you have to remember that there's a God of blessings that is just, it's just pouring over you, and it's pouring over. It's like when you're under a waterfall. There's just a, a waterfall that's pouring over you blessings that you will not see unless you really try to see it, right? And so in conclusion, um, when you're grafted into something, right, in, in the process of grafting, uh, you can't graft a mango tree with a banana tree, right? That's, it's just not going to happen. They're two completely different trees, right? And so if you, if you notice in my example, I said uh, lemon and orange because they're de- both citrus. In the family of God, I, I want to try to be as clear as I can because this is a big point. In the family of God, if you were to be cut off from your family tree because you sept Jesus, and Jesus were to get this branch and try to graft you to the family of God, you have to really ask yourself, are you willing to fight to be compatible with the tree of life? Right? Because if you were to get a banana tree and a mango tree and try to graft it together, it's <coughs> sorry, <coughs> it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And in the same way, when you try to get grafted into the family God, but you're not living a life of following God, it's so sad because Jesus walks over and tries to graft you, but it's not compatible. Your DNA does not match. You're nothing like each other, right? And I think it would be so sad to be in front of the face of God after, after life and him say, I don't know you, right? And so it's important that you be truly grafted to the tree of life. You see, in this, in this tree, the Father has so many different inheritances for you, but you have to follow him. You have to accept him. You have to know who he is. I don't care if you accepted Jesus 25 years ago. You can still lack in a relationship with the Father. That's just the reality. I knew I went to church my whole life. There's moments in my life where I can say I truly was not following God. I was going to church, but I was not following God. And so although your earthly father might have left you, hurt you, or made mistakes, your heavenly father, Jesus, will not. He offers you a place in his family through an adoption process called salvation. And the salvation happens by declaring him the Lord and Savior over your life and living it out. It is never too late. You are never too far, and you are never disqualified. I'll end with this last question. Are you ready to be grafted into the family of God with the Father that comes with an ultimate inheritance that is irrevocable, unchanging, and unmeasurable, or will you let it pass by the offerings of the world that offer nothing of value in comparison? I'll say this to everyone. Maybe you're a Christian or maybe you're not. It's time to come home. There's plenty of room in the family. We are not perfect, and you don't have to be. Your Father in heaven is waiting to give you inheritance. Are you ready to accept it? Let's pray.
Lord, we thank you, Father, that you give us inheritance, Lord. That although our earthly father might have not shown us the love that we needed, or maybe they hurt us, Lord, you have always loved us. You have always showed us blessings, Lord. You have always given us the desires of our heart, Lord. Father, I pray that my brothers and sisters today would, would draw closer to you and get to know you truly, Lord. If there's anyone in the room that, that wants to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and be inherited and grafted into this family where you can have love, where you can have blessings, where you can have uh, grace, if you want to be part of this family tree with Jesus, I just ask that you raise your hand. No one's going to be looking, but raise your hand. And I just want you to pray this. Lord, I accept you in my life. And I say, Lord, that you are my Savior. I will not be the same ever again. I want to become part of your family. Allow my life to change from the inside out. In Jesus' name. Amen.